the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 60, The Gauntlet and the Dwarves. Stockholm fought hard against the sub-demon, but it slashed at him and took much blood. As it closed on him, he raised his axe and swung at it. But the blade did nothing. Mortal weapons could not stop the creature. And now, it was coming for his throat. As Stockholm fell backwards onto the ground, the creature closed and pinned him, reaching and rending with claws, moving serrated teeth ever closer to the flesh behind his beard, for it was sweet and it would bring his bloody death. In the moment, Stockholm dropped his axe and instinctively rose up the gauntlet that had been given him. It was the fist of Unther, and it came between him and the creature, and it was glowing now, and the creature's teeth came down upon it as he blocked its deadly attack and held it there before Len could come up from behind and exile them with her power. The remaining Mainir fled, and Stockholm was released. Immediately, Thora, Marx, and Master Brevik had pressed through to the front to be beside him, assisting him to his feet and showing concern over his wounds. That's enough, said Stockholm. Nothing but a scratch or two, and now they're making a run for it, as they should. He held up the fist of Unther. It was not even dented. Pristine. And what blood was on it seemed to burn off into the air, and it was gone. Hmm, said Stockholm. You said this belonged to Lord Unther. It served me in the battle. Is there any way the legend could be true? Lord Unther lived long ago, said Marx carefully. We have studied the gauntlet, and it matches the descriptions given in folklore and we believe it can be completed by gathering the gems and the jewels that are meant for it. Stockholm regarded the golden glove upon his hand, opening and closing his fist silently. Is any dwarf meant to have that kind of power? That kind of burden? The three other dwarves looked to one another, and they did not answer. Whether victory or woe would follow, they were sure of only one thing. Stockholm was the one who was meant to carry Unther's fist and wield its might and its wisdom, for surely he was the one most worthy amongst them. Whether he was fated to share Lord Unther's horrific fate, they could not answer. But if they were all to be damned by destiny, if they were damned to be punished for seeking in their father's footsteps, then so be it. 
Well, let them be damned then. Damned all to hell in Arthur's name. Unfolds, traveler, a verse at a time, a tale at a time, an insight at a time. But what shall come from it, and if it be foul, can even steadfast dwarves stand against it? If you don't have the Iron Realm books, then there's a gaping hole in your gaming collection. Rectify it now by visiting drivethroughrpg.com. That's through with a U. And with your adult settings enabled, find all the offerings that a traveler could ever desire. Finds like the Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide with all the rules for the Solitaire game. Find is like the Campaign Essentials and Character Guide which has all the world-building detail that you could ever wish for for your own game or else to become ever more intimately familiar with the personas and settings given on the podcast or get yourself a copy of the Iron Realm Strategy Guide with a chapter play-by-play you need to secure every possible advantage that the Iron Realm RPG has to offer. So what are you waiting for? Visit drivethroughrpg.com and search for the Iron Realm, find all these offerings, and more. And while you're there, why not grab a copy of my free gift to you the Iron Realm, enter the Mega Dungeon, which gives you all the essential gaming aids you need, along with selections of Iron Realm dark fantasy fiction for your edification. Isn't it time you've completed your gaming collection? Thanks for your support, and I'll see you there. The Iron Realm, copyright A. Lenzo, is an extreme reimagining of the fantasy setting. Today's podcast features selective audio by Kevin McLeod, which can be heard unedited and in full at Incompetech.com. Further information can be found under this episode's summary at TheIronRealm.com and theironrealm.blogspot.com Secrets of the Maze Master Maze Master Maze Master Every Maze Master knows that you can't run a game without dice. In the Iron Realm, six-sided dice, the standard cubes, are all you need to play as Character 8. However, when it's time to make your own dungeon or maze, you'll do better to use a full set 
of polyhedral dice. Yes, in a pinch, you can use a dice rolling app, draw chits out of a sack, or even track fractions of a second on your stopwatch in order to get the same effect. But even so, there's nothing quite like holding a handful of colorful multi-sided dice in your own hands. The convention for talking about dice is to abbreviate the word die with a letter D and follow it by a number. That number being the number of sides on the die you are referring to. For example, D6 means a six-sided die, while D10 is a ten-sided die. In the Iron Realm, it is suggested that you have one or more of each of the following dice. A D4, which is a four-sided die. A D6, a six-sided die. A D8, which is an eight-sided die. And also a D10, a D12, and a D20. If you can get your hands on it, a D100 is useful also, and some will call this a percentile die. And although you can actually purchase a die with a hundred sides on it, most Maze Masters will prefer simply using two ten-sided dice, or two D10, with the first number representing the first digit and the second number representing the second digit. A roll of 06, for example, counts as 6, while a 3 and a 3 would be a 33, and a 00 result would be a 100. While referring to dice, you can also put a number ahead of it if you need to roll more than one. So if I say 3d6, it means roll three six-sided dice. Or if I say 4d20, it means roll four 20-sided dice. If there's ever a modifier, you can show it after the notation. For example, a plus two or a minus one. So if I say 2d8 plus two, then I should roll two eight-sided dice and add two to the result. Or, if I say 3d12 minus 5, then I should roll three 12-sided dice and subtract 5 from the result. If you haven't done so already, why not get yourself a set of dice, or even more than one? You can find them in most any color, clear, translucent, solid, marbled, or more, in a variety of sizes. Find what appeals to you, and keep them close. Your character tribe is depending on you. Can you make the roll? Level up! Of the two halflings, Bardar is stronger, has the better life point reserve, and the better stats. He has reached level two, and let's see if the dice 
provide him any additional bonuses. A d6 always signals advancement. Let's start with a strength of 10. A 1, that's a no. His dexterity of 10. A 3 says no. Constitution, 14. Let's roll it. A 5. Nothing more. Charisma of 10. No advancement. Bardar's intelligence is a 13. Let's see what happens. A 2. And wisdom 14. A 6. Bardar is the wiser for his trials. And one bonus roll. A 4. Bardar's wisdom goes from a 14 to a 15. And meanwhile, his life points rise from a max 7 to a max 14. Well done, Captain. You have played well and been rewarded. Perhaps we shall see you again at level 3. Tribal Matters The tribe has prevailed against a murderous group of maniers. Their cleric Len has driven them away into the dark, and the tribe regroups quickly, suffering their injuries and moving farther into the maze. The group is on level Alpha 1 at position 926 at the center of the T. It is 9.20 a.m. on the 25th day of Primaris. The group is suffering no deprivation penalties for lack of food, water, or sleep. Those who are down on life points are as follows. Solus, 10 out of 16. Stockholm, 14 out of 20. Bardar, 12 out of 14. The group has their lights lit and they search carefully the place where the Mainir have fallen, and yet there are no corpses, no bodies, indeed no evidence at all that the creatures had ever been here before. The rest of them could come back, says Len. We can't stay here for long. Agreed, says Stockholm, and the group consults the map finding themselves now at the very edge of it as they plan to move south. Having driven away these demons from the abyss, Len becomes ever more confident that she has done her god's bidding, and she is rewarded as a powerful energy washes through her, and she finds her hands of healing spell refreshed and available for use again this day. Meanwhile, the other spells available to the group are as follows. Kailana, Illumination and Mystic Missile. Amazar, Ignite and Door Denial. Orson, Ventriloquist. Whilst meanwhile, Nora possesses still her laying on of hands effect. The group is traveling at a rate of 30 feet. And again, starting from position 9, 26. They head south beyond the T, where they find an altern bending to the west. 
the L-turn proceeds one more square to the west, where it dead ends at position 729. The group takes some time to search the dead end for secret doors, for indeed their map suggests that there could be a hidden room in this location. Solus, Stockholm, Len, and Temek all search, but they find no hint of any secret door, and so retreat. They return to the center of the T, a roaming creature check. There are none. They are back at position 926. From here, Stockholm recounts a tale of the last time he led the vanguard this way. There were sounds of creatures down the hall in a room unexplored at that time, though there are no sounds coming to them from down the hall anymore. We'd probably better see what's down there, says Stockholm. Maybe whatever was down there has gone away, and we can have a look. Choosing to leave nothing to chance, however, Len bestows her attention upon their champion, Solus, providing to him her hands of healing effect. Mm. Two life points and her spell is exhausted. Nora then switches places with Len, moving to the front as Len takes her position in the back. And she gives her laying on of hands effect to Solus as well for an additional two life points. He's up to 14, almost full. The group is ready now to push forward, going as quietly as they can, though this is difficult with armor and equipment heavily laden onto them. It'll be two more rolls to reach the room, but no more creatures are encountered. That is, until at last they approach room number 14. And as the group will soon find out, it isn't empty at all. Indeed, it's a deadlier threat than any they've encountered until now. A great battle is ahead on the next podcast of the Iron Realm. But until that time comes, I'll be giving you a little bit of behind-the-screen action because this threat was indeed encountered by Stockholm and the Vanguard around... Chapter 22, or perhaps 23, and it was at this time that the dwarf smartly decided to tuck tail and run, saving himself and his companions. But what were those battle sounds that the dwarf long ago heard? A taste of that encounter coming next for your personal edification. Behind the screen. When the vanguard first approached room 14, the dice indicated five 
giant geckos within. With a speed of 120 feet and with more than three dice each, this random encounter alone was likely enough to wipe out the entire vanguard, especially since four of the six were wounded. At that time, Paola had one out of eight, Echo one out of five, Treya two out of five, and Stockholm seven out of ten. However, the dice also revealed Beastmen in the room, in addition to the roaming creatures. Fortunately for the group, it was determined that the Beastmen and the Geckos were locked in mortal combat. Though the dwarf and his others wisely retreated, the battle between the Geckos and the Beastmen raged on. In the event that members of the tribe might choose to return to this chamber, the results of this battle needed to be known. And so I have conducted it, and at this time, I reveal the results to you. Amongst the geckos, there are five total, with life points as follows, 17, 11, 14, 17, 11. The giant geckos have an armor value of 5 and a deal 1 to 8 life points on every hit. Geckos are vicious nocturnal hunters, and these particular lizards, being giant-sized, are 5 feet long. There are two positioned on the ceiling, setting themselves up to drop on a beast man powerless to stop it. Of the beast men, the dice reveal four. There's a beast man bruiser, armed with plate mail and a shield, wielding a hammer. There's a beast man shaman, armed in plate mail and a shield, who wields a hammer as well. There's a small beast man warrior, armed with a hammer and armored in plate and a shield. And finally, a second shaman who holds a staff and is clothed only in shaggy brown fur. I strongly suspect that the geckos are going to win this fight. The question is, how long can they survive? Would you care to make a guess? How many rounds will the beastmen stay in the fight? One, two, three, four rounds? Choose your number now. Alternatively, if you would like to take the long odds and bet on the beastmen to win, then simply say so now. Following the combat, your maze master will give an award if you have guessed right. The award will be triple if the beastmen win the battle and if you so indicated your belief that it would be so.
I begin the battle now. I am foregoing the surprise round on the assumption that the combat is already underway. Round 1. Initiative. The Beastmen. A 5. The Lizards. A 4. The Beastmen will strike first of the spotted blue-skinned geckos. There are three directly in front of the Beastmen. At this time, they have crawled down through cracks in the ceiling. The Beastmen attempt to focus their attacks on the center gecko, each needing a 14 to hit. The small warrior, 7. His hammer misses. The armored shaman, 18 is a hit. He deals 4 damage against the lizard. The naked shaman, a 2. Failure. And the beast man bruiser, 4. Another miss. The center gecko retaliates against the naked shaman. The shaman has an armor value of 8, and the giant gecko requires an 8 to bite him. 8. Gecko crunches through his torso and begins to shake him like a rag doll. The beastman drops his staff and goes lifeless in its jaws. The largest gecko on the ground goes against the small warrior. He needs a 14 to get through that shield and plate mail. 16. 8 damage. The small warrior is instantly slain. The third gecko on the ground attacks the armored Beastman Shaman. The Beastman Shaman attempts to defend himself with his hammer and shield. The gecko needs a 14. 18. With three life points of damage, this Shaman is slain too, for the gecko has managed to clamber up over the shield and lock its jaws over the Beastman's head, crushing it. Only the Beastman Bruiser remains. The two geckos upon the ceiling attempt to drop upon him. Due to their advantage in the attack, the Beastman Bruiser will not be able to use his shield, and so each lizard requires only a 13 to hit. I see a 10 and a 7. The Beastman Bruiser throws them off, peering nervously around the room at his fallen comrades. Round 2, Initiative, the Beastman Bruiser. A 6, the Lizards. A 5, the Beastman Bruiser must make two bravery checks. The first is a 12, absolute failure. He begins backing away toward the doorway. Unfortunately, he is quite slow in his cumbersome plate armor. And all five lizards are instantly upon him as he retreats. There are no 14s amongst the world, but he is surrounded now and has no remaining choice but to fight. Round 3, Initiative. The Beastman Bruiser. A one. The Lizards. A one. Simultaneous combat. The Beastman Bruiser needs a 14 in his attempt to hit the wounded gecko. A four is a fail. All five geckos against him. 
Beastman's survival, three rounds. Were you correct with your guess? Your reward, you are Maze Masters. Congratulations. Well done. Additionally, if you are playing the Character 8 dice rolling version of the game, add for yourself one luck point. But if you are playing with a transcendent discipline option, you may choose a different prize instead. You may roll for a rank under an evolution that you possess. So take either prize as you wish. Finally, if you are not playing the Character 8 dice-rolling version of the game, then what's stopping you? If you have just bested my little riddle and decide to draw up a new Character 8 character, you may start the game with one more luck point than usual, and may you fare better than the Beastman tribe. <laughs> I have been your Maze Master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home! Iron Rail! Good night, everyone.